my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everybody! This is Angela Bowen, the host of Oh My Atlanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am concluding on the serious episode series with Season 8, Episode 10, Under the Influence. This episode aired December 6th, 1994. Yes, I would have been 12 when I saw this episode. In this episode, mm, DJ's friendship with Kimmy is put to a severe test after DJ forcibly removes a very drunk Kimmy from a college fraternity party. And I remember... Because this, out of all the TGIF shows, this was the one that I watched, like, literally weekly. This was, you know, Boy Meets World, I dipped in and out of. I mean, I didn't even see <laughs> Corey and Topanga and Sean and them graduating high school. I didn't even know there was an Angela on the show. I didn't even know that Corey and Topanga had gotten married. Mind you, this is all before IMDb. And all before the show was on DVD, and it was just mainly just in reruns and stuff like that. So I definitely did catch more of the earlier seasons of Boy Meets World and everything like that. But Full House was a regular weekly staple in my bedroom, <laughs> because I think that's mainly where I watched it growing up. But, and I swear, I mean, my cousins, when I lived with them, they would watch it too. And I swear, the one of the few t you know, they had had, you know, a handful of dogs growing up that didn't last because they, like, run off or whatever because we all lived in the country. Um, but I swear they did have one named Comet, and it was based, of course, on the dog on the show. So, yeah. But I do remember seeing the preview for this episode. It was kind of in the same vein of... On an old new special episode of Full House, you know, like when Papuli died, Papuli died in season seven, or the Silence is Not Golden episode that I just covered last week. This was, or, or even the the breakup episode of DJ and Steve. The way that the promo aired and how they did it was one of those you cannot miss this episode. And I remember, because it was almost like, just later, like they were talking like the end of DJ and Steve's relationship. They were talking in the promo. I mean, if I can find it on YouTube, I'll play it. But it's almost like the way that like DJ and Kimmy's friendship was ending, the way that they were playing this out. Like it was in color one minute and black and white the next one. You know the scene where they're in DJ's room on her bed and they're both kind of, their backs are up against each other. Like, I guess we don't have anything left to say to each other or something like that. And I just remember seeing that and just being so worried because, you know, DJ and Kimmy were 
besties all the way from season one, you know, all the way up to the end of the show. And I'm just like, no, no, this can't be the end of DJ and Kimmy. I mean, we've seen them have fights before. We've seen them try to end their friendship. And they've always gotten back together. They've always gotten over whatever feud they were going through. All right, so this episode's got a 6.9 out of 10 based on 212 ratings. Let's see. We got, um, we got uh, some people, only a handful, really. Darren Bennett is party nerd number one. We have Jeff Jude as frat president. And we have Olivia Mandel as party. Oh, is she the one who's like, who invited her? You know, when Kimmy's like spitting up, you know, pretzels. Because she'd had too much to drink. And this, and she knocks over a lamp because she's so like, um, disoriented. She's, you know, you know, stumbling. And it almost, like, I mean, I remember seeing it like, oh my gosh. And just, ugh. And this, and she spills over, she knocks over a lamp and she's like, oh, pretzels. And then she shoves a bunch in her mouth and she's like, spilling pretzel bits all over. And this one girl's like, who invited her? Like, really kind of valley girlish. Like, who are these girls? They don't go to this college. So, <laughs> we, God, I just got a flashback to those Joey's goober daughters um, from Fuller House. Like, ah, I'm Ramona. <laughs> I cannot, ugh, no, no. Thank goodness we didn't hardly get those kids. We had them, what, twice, thank the Lord, honestly, because I couldn't. I could not. I mean, we didn't see much of the boy, but it was the girls that were just making the faces like, oh, I'm Ramona. I'm a brat. I'm stuck up. And Anyway, um, <laughs> this episode directed by John Tracy. What did I just hit? Hold on. Oh, my. And writers Jeff Franklin, the creator of Full House, and Adam I. Lapidus. Okay. There is some trivia here. <clears throat> it is revealed that Pam was killed by a drunk driver. However, the fate of the drunk driver is unknown. Yes, we really don't know anything about that. I mean, just like I had said before when I covered the Miracle of Thanksgiving episode for Thanksgiving, like in 2019. In the show Party 5, set in San Francisco, the Salinger kids lose both their parents to a drunk driver. And we do find out that the drunk driver was sentenced to jail time. He was released, got out for good behavior, and he was just going about his life. We don't know anything about the man who killed Pam. We don't know if there was a trial. We don't know if Danny confronted him in anger. We don't know any of... I mean, if not Danny, oh, you know Jesse would. Yeah. Oh, you know he would. Jesse, we know he's got a temper. He shows it on occasion when he really gets riled. 
Like, the way that he reacted when Stephanie told him that Charles's father is beating him. And the fact that Jesse's like, I'm gonna go, if I don't call the authorities, I'm gonna go over there and straighten this guy out myself. Yes. There is, oh gosh, there is a goof. Continuity. There's a scene when Jesse takes off Joey's oven mitt and spits the flounder tart. Oh, girl. I'm gagging already just thinking of it. He inadvertently ate into it and places the mitt back on Joey's hand. That is so nasty. Later, when Jesse and Joey are preparing to teach Nikki and Alex about forgiveness, Joey takes off the mitt and his hand is clean. Oh, I got to Okay, crazy credits. This is interesting. During the end credits, we still we see still clips of DJ and Kimmy evolving throughout the series. I am check oh a hundred percent. I am checking that out. I didn't even know. So I mean, these are supposed to be the uncut DVDs. You know, they're not syndicated, so the the scene should be there. I don't see why they wouldn't be. Okay, guys, I've been searching for ten minutes. I think this is it. Here we go. hold on one second. Let me uh, let me uh, crank up the volume here on my phone. All right, hold on. You ready? Here we go. Tuesday, when DJ doesn't like Kimmy drinking, will it come between them? This friendship is over. Fine with me. Fine with me. It's a special full house. Okay, so, of course, before I officially get into the episode, I do want to let all you new listeners, Tanner newbies who are jumping on the Tanner train for the first time, a.k.a. the podcast, I want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. You can listen to it on your podcast app. Apple iTunes, SoundCloud app. Also, where you can find the podcast on social media. It does have its own Facebook page. It is just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. It'll pop up. Like it. Follow it. That way you know what episodes I'm doing each month. Because every month I'm doing a new series of episodes. I decided, you know, since there are some Fuller House and Full House podcasts out there, actually, honestly, I think I'm the only, like, Fuller House podcast, because there is one that, unfortunately, is for 18 and above. It's not for, it's not family friendly, let's just say that. And they've covered all of Full House. It's called How Rude. It's one of the first... Full House podcast I started listening to, and they did cover the first two seasons of Fuller House. But yeah, that's another thing about my podcast is I grew up watching the show. I loved it. I still do to this day. I love Fuller House. And I wanted there to be a podcast out there where those of us that grew up with the show or have just started watching it and just fell in love with it, where they could listen to me reminisce and relive my memories of the show. Not only as a child, but as, you know, watching it again for the podcast as an adult. But I wanted you to have a place to listen to that was safe for you to hear, you know, with your kids around. Or just in general, if you have, you know, my podcast on speaker, I don't want you to be worried. You gotta turn the volume down because I'm dropping F-bombs or H-bombs or S-bombs or whatever. I just... I. I don't want that. I, there are a lot, I mean, a, a handful of Full House podcasts out there that just, unfortunately, they're just not appropriate for, you know, young listeners. There is one other one that is, what's this, a Full House podcast that is clean. So, 
you know, and this isn't me, you know, bashing another full house or fuller house podcast, you know, I mean, to each their own, whatever you want to listen to, just, I wanted there to be another option for those that wanted a clean, family friendly, full house slash fuller house podcast. Also, like I said, I don't go in order of air date or episode by episode, season by season. I wanted to change things up. I wanted to do themes. Now, themes could be two things. It could be either a character. It could be a holiday. It could be, you know, a theme like right now. I am doing the serious episodes. Last month, I did Danny's career ladder journey. Next month, I'm not really doing a series. I'm just doing a couple of episodes, which are kind of unrelated. I'm doing one for Mother's Day, and then I'm doing Old Brown Eyes from Full House in honor of Bob Saget's, you know, birthday. And the Mother's Day episode I have chosen is from Fuller House, The Mayor's Bird. That's from season five, because last year I did college. I did, uh, the college tours episode that focused on DJ and Kimmy and Jackson and Ramona, you know, the kids checking out colleges. So I'm like, okay, next year, as in 2022, I will focus on Stephanie. There is an episode with her with baby Danielle. So I'm like, oh, and that, you know, some of you had reached out, said, oh, can you do the one with Stephanie, the mayor's bird? I'm like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. So. And in June, I will be covering, <laughs> I will be covering the Father's Day episodes of Triple Feature, if you will. <laughs> or as long as I have three or four episodes, I call it a series. If it only has two, it's a double feature. So I'll be covering for Father's Day, Season five's Where Aware Has My Little Girl Gone from Full House, Full House Season 6, I'm Not DJ, and Full House Season 7, High Anxiety. So you got Danny and DJ, Danny and Stephanie, and then Danny and Michelle. And then also the Olsen twins have a birthday, so we'll be covering an episode about Michelle for the month of June. Now, July, I am going to be going on a trip, so... I'll kind of see what I'm going to do there. I haven't really decided whether I'm going to cover a double feature or or not. So we'll just kind of see. Once I get into, you know, May, June, I'll have a clearer, like, understanding of kind of what I want to do. And, of course, August, I'm going to be wrapping up the Sisters episodes that I didn't cover. So I'll be covering the Hole in the Wall gang and Sisters in Crime, and then, I'm trying to blank on this episode, I know it's from season seven, it's the one where Stephanie thinks that Steve is cheating on DJ when it turns out, spoiler alert, he, it's his cousin, his female cousin is staying with him, and she's getting married, oh, and also the side plot of the, uh, Spray Man, what's it, like, the Spray Master 2001 or something like that, that Jesse... It's basically like a motorcycle face shield on with like a handle. <laughs> it's spray painted, handle spray painted pink or something like that. Is it the handle or no? I thought it was like, like the rim, like the outside rim of the. Um, it's to basically when you're putting hairspray on, that way your face doesn't get all sticky and whatnot and gross. So. 
yeah, I remember that. That honestly, to me, was the uh, more funnier part. <laughs> it's funny because Stephanie kind of pulls Kimmy into this. I don't want to tell DJ about this. This would absolutely destroy her if Steve is cheating on her. So she pulls kind of a little Nancy Drew type of let's go break into Steve's apartment and and look for clues that he's cheating on DJ. So yeah, I'll be getting to that in August. Also, I gotta check because I got my whole schedule lined up of how what I want to do and sometimes that changes. But I know in August I do have, you know, John Stamos has got a birthday, so I know I'm going to be covering one of the episodes that isn't already fit into another category. Alright, so, real quick. If you're enjoying the podcast, if you love the podcast and you want to show support, I don't do Patreon. I don't ask for your money. I just ask for a second of your time. If you can jump on iTunes and leave a review, just... Type in Full House Podcast, Boulder House Podcast, the Oma Atlanta Holy Chalupas Podcast will pop up. Follow it. Like it. That way you can follow along. You'll get a new episode just about, you know, each week or every other week. And, yeah, just scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. You know, have fun with it. Hit me up with a trivia question from either show. I'm probably going to be a little more well-versed in Full House Universe than Fuller House Universe because... I've seen the Full House episodes a billion times. Full Fuller House, on the other hand, I've seen like once in viewing and then maybe twice when I've done it for the podcast. So those ones will be a little bit hard. You guys can easily stump me on some of those. Um, tell me your favorite character, favorite of either show, favorite episode of either show. You know, you can use emojis to describe episodes, characters. Someone actually did that. They used emojis to get me to guess the character, and I had a fun time with that. So, yeah, just all five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House family, fans like yourselves. If you would like to reach out to me or the podcast, you can send an email to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can even message me on the podcast Facebook page. So, all right, without further ado, let's jump into the cold open of this episode. All right, so the cold open. We are in the kitchen. Looks like they're getting ready. to. They're setting the table. Danny and Becky are. Jesse comes down. He's like, oh, Joey's cooking. Let me guess at what he's making. And Jesse's like, hmm, I don't know. Let me guess what Joey's making. Just off the top of my head. Uh, meatloaf? Always, it always seems like when someone, or mainly Joey, is cooking, it's always he's stirring something with a wooden spoon in a red pan. So Joey decided to try something different, you know, for the family's dining enjoyment. He decided to make... Meat muffins. Okay, so he's combining something. Maybe it's not so bad. And the way that he, he kind of pulls back the um, kitchen towel that's covering the... You see steam just pouring off these meat muffins. They look like brand muffins, but my guess is what? It's like meatloaf in a little, uh, you know, the muffin tins. You know, it's like, I mean, for someone who 
is into portion control and stuff and just kind of watching just how much their food intake. That's not a bad idea. Just like, okay, I'll just take one of those decent-sized muffin, meat muffins, and eat it, you know? And Danny, oh, the family's just absolutely, like, disgusted. Because <laughs> Stephanie's just like, I mean, she is right by Joey. She's getting a full whiff of that meat muffin. And Danny says, and I give you the menu to wing hoes. Let's call them now, shall we? Danny, or Joey does feel kind of dejected here. Because even since season one, he really is not the best cook. Like, um, in the episode, what is it? Seven Month Itch, where Jesse zips off to go skiing in Tahoe, supposedly. And Joey is made to take over the responsibilities of cooking. He makes some pancakes. And, like, see, just like Uncle Jesse makes. And, of course, Stephanie and DJ are like, yeah, Joe, Uncle Jesse's pancakes aren't, like, solid, like, you can smack them against the side of Michelle's, um, high chair tray. And, of course, Stephanie says, mine isn't hard, mine isn't solid, it's soupy in the middle. She's, basically, it's not all the way cooked. So, this kind of kicks off. The cold open does what is the side plot of Joey coming up with different types of meals to surprise the family with thinking, you know, it just makes me think of Captain Video, which I, again, haven't covered those episodes for the podcast yet, but when Michelle was trying to earn her honeybee badge, she was combining things like tuna and Oreo ice cream or pudding and Velveeta cheese or pudding and an olive, or just, I don't, <laughs> but she ends up coming up with something really cool that is just OJ on a stick. So you're pouring orange juice into an uh, ice cube tray and just freezing it with a, you know, the popsicle sticks. So simple, simple. You're not, you don't, they're not, you don't ask you to make a five course meal, sweetie. You're not even asking you to follow a, a recipe or anything. Just, you know, it's something that simple. So it looks like also another side plot is going to be Michelle being followed by Nikki and Alex that are, she's just a head taller than they are. If you remember, she was five when Nikki and Alex were, were born. So she's now nine and the boys are like four. And they're kind of become her little mini-me shadows. And, and I'm just thinking... Like, Michelle, see, now this is kind of payback for how you were with DJ and Stephanie when you were Nikki and Alex's age. <laughs> and the thing is, I never had a younger sibling, so I, I don't really get what Michelle is going through. So Michelle comes in with Nikki and Alex trailing behind her. She says, I'm starved. What's for dinner? And she stops, and one of the boys, not sure which one, because one's dressed in red plaid flannel, and the other one is kind of in, like, a bluish-green type flannel, bumps right into the back of her. They are literally glommed onto her. And she makes her irritation known as she turns around to face him and says, Guys, you've been following me all day. And, of course, the twin in the red shirt says, That's because we like you. 
And Michelle's honest one. She's like, yeah, I mean, I like you too, but why, why don't we take a little break from all this liking and, you know, spend some time apart for a moment. Just get, get, give me five minutes, please, without you, like, glommed onto me. Like a shadow. Like two shadows. Twin shadows. <laughs> we do see Joey on the phone ordering takeout because he's got the menu. And Danny is, like, sitting right across from him just making sure Joey doesn't order anything that the family wouldn't like. Yeah, Michelle says, hey, why don't we take a little break from all this liking and, you know, eat dinner? Yeah, we'll sit right next to you on either side of you, Michelle. I like what Becky says here. And the thing is, I don't remember ever that I can remember in my memory, or even when I've seen this on Hulu, they probably kind of, I don't know. Because this footage just seems new to me. She says, well, actually, Michelle, dinner's going to be a little late thanks to the Pillsbury meat boy. <laughs> that was creative. I love how Becky leaves the kitchen and Joey kind of like waves her. Like, <laughs> thank you for that. And, the okay, so it is a blue plaid flannel shirt that Twin says. Let's play more, Michelle. <laughs> She's doing that uh, sideshow bob. Like, <laughs> the boys, their hair is, is very similar. However, if you do look at it, the boy in the blue does kind of have his hair kind of, uh, kind of curled almost kind of under. A little bit, like, from the ears to the bangs, kind of, like, pull, like, a little. Where the other one is more, like, you got the, the bangs, but then you got it, uh, like, right where the eyebrows end on the sides there. You have it a little bit longer there. Like, it goes kind of, like, sheesh, like, downward, and then almost like he's got a little mini mullet thing going. So, they definitely are differentiating the boys, and, um, and, and even another thing, one of the boys, you know, has kind of a longer face, and the other one, the one in blue, his face is a little fuller. So, as they're getting older, like, you definitely can see the, the differences in, in the boys, not just on their hair and everything, but with you know, the shape of their face and stuff. So you're definitely, eventually, if the show had went on for, like, let's say it went on to season 10, you definitely would get uh, Nikki and Alex would start to look a little. But the thing is, with with Michelle, you know, we've seen her since she was a baby. They're, the only real defining characteristics between, differences between um, Mary Kate and Ashley, to me, was it was like the the freckle under the nose and above, you know, above the lip. That's Ashley, and then the other one is Mary Kate. So that was a distinguishing feature that hadn't always been there. And I believe one of the twins, Mary Kate or Ashley, is one is left-handed, one is right-handed. But I'm not like watching them like. You know, that could be another thing if you're, like, really going through all the episodes and you watch them once they start, you know, using their hands and stuff, what one is their dominant hand. They're just like, okay, that's that twin and that's that one. Like, that way you could, I mean, if you could see that, you're probably, well, seeing just how often those twins are being swapped out. Oh, the quickest way to get rid of an annoying younger sibling that's bugging you or a cousin or whoever Okay, how about we play hide-and-seek? 
She says, you guys hide and I'll count. Please tell me the boys don't fall for that, please. Tell me they're a smidge smarter than that. Come on, they're four. Okay, no, they giggle and run off. So, like, oh, they're down for that. Elle says, to a million. Is it? I'm going to count to a million. And Stephanie goes over to this. Michelle was like, oh, you're a little cranky there, sis. What's up? Oh, Michelle, you are preaching to the choir, baby. And she asks Steph, do you know what it's like having little kids bugging you all day long? I, if I were Stephanie, like, yeah, I know. I share a room with one. <laughs> And Stephanie tells her, oh, I guess you don't remember where you got that count to a million trick. <laughs> All the realization kind of dawns on her, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you don't even see DJ oh, in this scene. Let me take a million to one shot. I don't know, just off the top of my head. Meatloaf? No. For a little change of pace, I thought I'd come up with something different. So, for your dining enjoyment, I give you meat muffins. <clears throat> that honestly would not be bad if you put ketchup on them. I give you the menu to wing pose. Let's call them now. I'm starved. What's for dinner? <laughs> she runs right into the back of her. you've been following me all day. Not because we like you. I like you you're too. the closest one but to our age. Why don't we take a little break from all this liking and eat dinner? Well, actually, dinner's gonna be late thanks to the Pillsbury Meat Boy. Pillsbury Meat Boy, I like that. Let's play more of this, Sal. Okay, how about hide and seek? You guys hide and I'll count. <laughs> to a million. Little cranky there, sis. You know what it's like having little kids bugging you all day long? I guess you don't remember where you got that count to a million trick. <laughs> hey, so we come out of the intro, and have they had dinner yet? Have they not had Because the cups are still... the There doesn't look like there was any food on the plate, so they must still be wait, uh, waiting for their, you know, wing-ho food to <laughs> arrive. And Kimmy comes in, and she says, hey, it's the Saturday night with nothing to do, gang. I love how, like, she puts a hand on Danny and Joey's back when she says that, and she kind of winks at them. <laughs> See, if Kimmy didn't have plans, she wouldn't be saying that. And... Stephanie, oh, both Stephanie and Kimmy are both wearing, like, red and white clothes. Kimmy is wearing, like, this white, like, slim, I can't, would you, a pretty long dress that's got, like, thin red straps, and then she's wearing, like, a white, like, cream white top with, like, different, uh, red, like, Things like one, there's a star. I can't really tell what the other things are. And then on the front of the dress, it's got it looks like uh, that Walmart logo where it looks like almost kind of like a flower with the little circle in the middle. It, it, it almost, it, I think it's kind of like see through because you can see like the white top underneath it. But I really like, okay, because I love the color red. I am a little biased. But I like that Stephanie and Kimmy are both wearing similar colors with the cream white and the, 
kind of burgundy red color. So Kimmy's like, oh, where's DJ? And Stephanie says, oh, she's upstairs getting dressed. So DJ, or uh, Kimmy's like, what? She's not ready yet? It's our first frat party with college guys. I'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't care if you're 18 and a senior in high school. You are not going to a frat party if you were my kid. No way. And this is the thing I've always said when we've seen this episode, you know, with Jeremy and stuff, I will bring up the same thing. I'm like, no way. No way would Pam be letting her daughter go to a frat party. I don't care if alcohol doesn't touch her lips. She would not be going. There is no reason an 18-year-old still in high school needs to be going to a frat party. For what? For what? So the college guys can try to impress you by belching the alphabet or whatever college guys do. I don't know what they do. Never been to a frat party. Don't want to go to a frat party. Don't know anyone who's ever been to one. Yeah. I'm right up there with Goofy. I mean, seriously, he's like, I've never been to a party. And look at me now. <laughs> same, Goofy, same. And Kimmy's been ready since noon. Oh, okay, okay. So it looks like they're like crawfish or whatever on the shirt as well. So it's kind of a, a nautical type shirt. I would, no, I'm not into dresses. And this is, we're calling it kind of a dress. I don't, it just looks like a, a really long top that goes past the knees. Does that qualify as a dress still? It's not a gown or anything. It's not like a springtime summer dress of any kind. And <laughs> Stephanie, of course, they're both getting their jabs in. Stephanie says, well, it's nighttime now. The darkness can only help. Jeez. <laughs> oh, and Kimmy is wearing burgundy colored lipstick to match her dress okay they have not had dinner yet because the plates have nothing on them there's no residue from any food that's been eaten the glasses have nothing in them they've not been drinking out of and of course here comes hold on a second upstairs to DJ's room, she gives Stephanie that tight-lipped smile, like, <laughs> and then she just goes upstairs. So, Danny and Joey are just hanging out at the table. Everyone else is doing something else until the food arrives. And Joey's like, boy, Danny in college, I mean, our frat parties were a blast. Wait a minute! Danny was a father in college. He was a father. He and Pam ran off and got married when they were 19. We know this because in season two's finale, <laughs> Luck Be a Lady Part 2 and 1, yeah, Jesse was 14 at the time. He was so angry with Danny for marrying Pam that he, <laughs> like, broke his, Danny's rib. Like, he beat him up. A 14-year-old beat up a 19-year-old. And anyway, it's just like, yeah, so he's a he's a married man with a, a child, a baby. Why is he going to frat parties? 
I'm sure Pam would, was Pam going to college too? Or I bet anything once she was pregnant with DJ, she was like, nope, stay at home mom. Dan, well, you know, Danny is working on his degree. So that way, or she probably did do some part-time work, or maybe she did take part-time classes and we don't know. I would love, I would have loved to have seen a prequel to Full House where we saw Danny and Pam Young, married, he's in college, you know, and then when they eventually move into the, uh, the, the tanner home that we would later know. I mean, wow. And we get to see, oh, that would be so cool. We could see a young Jesse and we could see, you know, young, you know, in college Joey and just him kind of working the college, the college comedy circuit and all this. It would be, it would be that I would watch that a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. So Joey starts talking about how when all the high school girls would show up. It's like, yeah, now we got someone to who, who would be impressed with our stories because the college girls you know we're lying through our teeth. But the high school girls, oh, it doesn't take much to impress them. Joey says, huh, they believed everything we said. And Danny says, yeah, we had some good times, Mr. Fourth Man on the Moon. <laughs> and Joey says, yeah, you did pretty well yourself, Mr. I created Love Boat Girls. Now, here's the thing. When I first would have seen this, I, this was 94, right? I would have been 12. Internet was not around, and even if it was, I didn't have it. I didn't have a computer. Didn't have IMDb. I had no idea what Love Boat was. Was it? A, I thought it was like a dance, like Love Boat. I thought like Danny created like this dance move called the Love Boat or something, uh, and converted it into like kind of a conga line type of dance. I'm like, I don't know what that is, but yikes. But no, now that I'm an adult, and yes, I have seen a handful of episodes of Love Boat. Uh, actors and actresses from. Golden Girls have been on, uh, Rue McClanahan, Betty White, a handful of cast members from Little House on the Prairie have been on that as well. I mean, almost all of them. Almost, you know, Karen Grassel, who played Ma, Laura Ingalls, Mary, Albert, Almanzo, uh, Allison Arngrum, who played Nella, he, uh, almost just about all of them were on at least one or two episodes of Love Boat. Yeah, this is kind of ironic because this episode happens after Stephanie's Wild Ride, like literally right after. And Stephanie says, you guys lied to those girls? I'm like, um, excuse me, Miss Stephanie, were you or were you not at the mall lying and saying you were 16 when you were in fact 13 to impress a couple of 16-year-old boys with a car? Was that not you? It was, yeah, kettle, meat, black meat kettle, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yep. Wait, yeah, the way that Stephanie says, you lied to those girls, it's like kind of accusing, like, like, wow, dad, I, I can't believe you do that. And the way that Danny looks up at Stephanie, he's, he's apologizing, like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's not something we're proud of, but I mean, when a, a kid is young and they see uh, a pretty face, they'll say about anything to, uh, and right away he's like, oh, I better talk to DJ. Come on, Danny, you know your daughter better than that. Come on. You know her. 
Yeah, and he says, you know, when a kid is young and he wants to impress a girl. And what, excuse me, Mr. Married Young 19-year-old man. Why are you impressing girls when you have a wife at home and a baby? Excuse me. Yes. Danny, check yourself at the door. Joey, why aren't you taking care of Danny? Saying, Danny, I will have fun for both of us. You get home to Pam and baby DJ. Yeah, he says, I better talk to DJ, excuse me. And I'm thinking, Danny, you need to have more faith in your daughter. She is not going to be wooed by some college guy. Like, to do, no, no, no. She's not, no. Boy, Danny, in college, our frat parties were a blast. Especially when all those high school girls used to show up. <laughs> they believed everything we said. Yeah, we had some good times, Mr. Fourth Man on the Moon. You did pretty well yourself, Mr. I Created Love Boat Girls. <laughs> Why does he sound like... lied to those girls? The cowardly lion. Well, yeah. It's not something we're proud of, but you know, when a kid is young and he wants to impress a girl, he'll say just about anything to... I better go talk to DJ. Excuse me. So I gotta say, definitely for me, season eight, peak Danny hair. I I don't know why, but I just I love his hair like that. Oh, for me, honestly, I'm gonna go with season four. Um, I think yeah, definitely season four is just to me season four, three and four. I think Danny hair at its not the greatest. Just kind of the side, like kind of part, like kind of, kind of a little too. Just mm, 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 no, no. Mm -mm. Season seven and eight. Well, maybe even five through eight. Peak Danny hair. I mean, season one, his hair isn't bad, but it's just like mm. when his hairs get a little curly and unruly, and then you got kind of the side part going on. It's like nah. Okay, so we're upstairs in DJ's room. She's sitting at her white wicker desk with a little round mirror. She's brushing her hair and whatnot. Kimmy, of course, is beyond nervous. She is pacing back and forth just saying, Deej, I am so nervous about this party. And <laughs> Kimmy does a pit check. Like, pit check. One, two. Holding <laughs> her arms up. And DJ says, dry as a bone. And Kimmy's like, well, they better be. That's what it said on the deodorant. <laughs> oh, she says that's the name of the de deodorant is dry as a bone. Oh, here's a question. Um, Did the girls personally get invited to this college frat party by somebody? I mean, it's not like DJ's really in contact with Nelson really too much. But I just, I'm just wondering, like, how, how did they get, because wouldn't you have to be, or do you just, like, find out, like, hey, there's a frat party tonight through, you know, she probably found word of mouth through Kathy Santoni. Although, at that point, Kathy Santoni's a mom. She's a teen mom, and she's married, so I don't even think she'd be thinking about parties and whatnot. DJ tells Kimmy, like, Kimmy, come on, let's just try and relax, okay? And have fun tonight. And DJ sits next to Kimmy on the, at the edge, uh, at the edge of her bed and says, hey, look, Kimmy, 
Let's just try to have fun and relax, alright? It's gonna be okay. So what if they're in college? Who cares? I mean, there's no difference between you and those guys. And DJ adds, well, I mean, except about 600 points on your SATs. DJ, I am so nervous about this party. Pit check. One, two. <laughs> Dry as a bone. I better be. That's the name of my deodorant. <laughs> Kimmy, let's just try and relax and have fun tonight, okay? So what if they're in college and we're still in high school? I mean, there's no difference between you and those guys. So about 600 points on your SATs. So, Danny comes up. He's like, Deej, honey, look. About that frat party tonight, I want you to know that I think, and of course, DJ cuts him off, probably thinking, like, don't worry, Dad, we're not going to drink anything, but, you know, Coca-Cola or Pepsi or whatever soft drink they have there. Oh, no, Danny does say, you know, Deej, look, I think you're a total... Totally responsible, intelligent young woman, and I trust you completely. So Danny says, so please just accept this fatherly advice in the spirit of which I'm giving it, okay? Danny said, I cannot believe this is what is so important to him to get across, the point he wants to get across to her. No matter what anyone tells you tonight, the guy who created Love Boat won't be there. What? Yeah, I agree with Kimmy. She's got this confused look of, what are you talking about, Mr. Tanner? <laughs> and DJ's like, yeah, got it, Dad, thanks. Even, even DJ's just like, what? Okay, thanks, Dad. I mean, what, I mean... I'm sure it probably could have said so. I mean, I'm sure this even happened back back then in 94 it's like if a guy offers you a drink don't accept it or yeah just if someone offers you a drink don't think you don't know what's in it or if someone's making just say i'll make my own drink i'll get my own drink because you don't know if somebody is slipping something in there that you know i've just you always hear about these guys putting in those you know drugs into drinks and stuff like that and just Horrible things could happen. Uh, uh, if a guy asks you to go to his dorm room, you tell him no. You know, and DJ is a smart girl. She has enough sense that she wouldn't go and just like, yeah, come and look at my record collection. <laughs> record collection. Or, or however. Yeah, that's a thing. Uh, watch your drink. Don't take... Leave it out of your sight. Don't set it down somewhere and wander off and come back to it. Don't go off to some guy's dorm room. <laughs> I don't get the appeal. This just, to me, I get it. DJ's a senior and she's going to be going off to college soon. But this just seems like, I mean, come on. I've never been to a frat party. Ne never would. Never, never. Um, But this just... Stephanie, on the other hand, I mean, Stephanie just seems, especially the Stephanie, Stephanie we know in Fuller House, she seems like she would be more amped to definitely, I could see Gia like pulling her, like, hey, Steph, let's go to this college frat party or something like that. DJ, on the other hand, is really kind of a clean cut 
definitely by the book, by the rules. She's never really going to do anything that uh, Danny really wouldn't approve. I mean, other than her, you know, dating Viper. Um, or the one time that she wants to kind of step out of her comfort zone and do something wild and zany because she wants to quote-unquote be remembered in high school is putting the principal's car on the roof. Which, you know, I have not covered that episode. That Honestly, if I had to look back on it, it's not a favorite of mine. But for the sake of the podcast, yes, I definitely would be covering it. Deej, honey, about that frat party tonight, I, I want you to know that I think you're a totally responsible, intelligent young woman, okay? And I trust you completely. So please, if you would, just accept this fatherly advice and the spirit in which I'm giving it to you, okay? No matter what anybody may tell you tonight, the guy who created Love Boat will not be there. I'm kind of wondering how many of these college frat people are uh, watching the Love Boat on television. Because I don't think it was airing on television. I mean, unless it was reruns. But What about Becky? She went to college. I'm sure she's got some stories like... You know, some important information like Deej, look, you got to be careful out there, okay? Because college guys will do and say things to try to coerce you into behavior you probably won't be proud of. Or just say, keep an eye on your drink at all times. Enough said. So, Joey and Michelle are downstairs, across from each other, on opposite ends of the coffee table, with Hungry Hungry Hippo between them. I, I swear, this is like, it seems like the only board game we ever had, that I can recall, in my childhood home growing up, is this the only one I can think of, was Hungry Hungry Hippo. And Michelle's on a roll. He says, I win again. And Joey, <laughs> uh, chin in hand, is just like, so you got lucky. And Michelle just rolls her eyes says, even Comet beat you. <laughs> and we see Comet put his paw on the little, uh, the little black, um, push down thing. You know, that gets the little uh, hippo's mouth to open and close. Oh my goodness, Joey is a sore loser. Because he says, well, Comet's a big, hairy cheater. No, Joey, you're just a sore loser. Comet barks at Joey, and then Joey goes, and then Comet runs away. Jesse brings down Nikki and Alex as he says, okay, there she is. There's your favorite favorite cousin, boys. And Michelle says, oh, no, I've been playing with them all day. So he tells the boys to go over there and play since Hungry Hungry Hippos is on the coffee table. Michelle's sitting on the end. The kids start, like, jamming the uh, little black... Uh, what what do you call that little uh, little flipper thing? That little whatever whatever the part that opens the hand up the hippo's mouth, and they start really like jamming to the point where the game starts like moving across. They are really rough with that. 
To the point where it starts moving across the coffee table and ends up falling onto the floor, spilling, like, white marble beads, you know, all over, all over the floor. And it's just like, <sighs> those kids should be in bed. Read them a story. You don't need them to be wired up at 9 o'clock at night. Michelle doesn't say anything as she's watching them press the little, uh, the, I'm just going to call them levers, the little lever things down. And the, she, she has this look of, what are you doing? Stop. They're actually, the boys are leaning across the coffee table as the game, you, you can see it's going to tip over the side of the coffee table onto the floor. And you see Michelle's, I have a pause here, you, you see Michelle's mouth agape, like, oh! And, yeah, it tips over the side, and you see Jessie, so she's like, oh. The way she's like, you wrecked it! Like, Michelle, it's not like they pushed over a thousand-piece puzzle that it took you months to put together. That I'd be irritated about. The game is not broken. Just turn the game over, gather up the white marbles, put it in the box, and put it away. I get it she's frustrated with them because they keep following her. They won't leave her alone. But there's a better way she could have handled Like, oh, you kids are driving me nuts. Leave me alone. Yeah. She says, you guys are driving me crazy. Just leave me alone. And one of the twins says, Michelle's mean. Michelle tells him, I am not mean. You've just been bugging me. It's like, I get it. You're upset, Michelle. I get it. She's nine years old. She's frustrated. But this is clearly what the kids are going to take from this is that Michelle doesn't like us anymore. And we don't like you because you yelled at us. Yeah, the other one says, we don't like you anymore. And both of them, like, stomp off to the kitchen. And you hear Jesse off screen saying, boys, boys, you didn't mean that. And now Michelle feels horrible because she's like, great, they hate me now. And the one twin in the white pajamas, head held high, just arms like at his side, just like a marching soldier. Like, hmm. And Joey says, Michelle, come on, they, they don't hate you. And Jesse says, Michelle, well, don't worry, all right? I mean, they're just kids. They say something one minute, they forget about it the next. And then he opens the door to the kitchen, and we hear, we hate Michelle! We hate Michelle! Just the kids sitting at the table, just pounding on it. And, uh, I mean, I do feel for Michelle, There was a, but there was another way you could have handled that. I get she's nine, but even still. Yeah, Jesse's like, you know, they say something, they forget about it a minute later. Oh, they're saying we hate Michelle. Oh, my gosh. And Joey and Michelle are sitting on the coffee table. And Joey's got an arm around her shoulder. She's kind of patting her shoulder. Like, honey, it's going to be okay. It'll be all right. They're kids. They'll eventually move on from this. I went again. So you got lucky. <laughs> well, Comet's a big hairy cheater. 
Those kids are a little bit big to be carried. I mean, they are four or five. And marbles go everywhere. You know what I just thought of? The episode Smash Club, The Next Generation, Season 7, where Michelle is pretty much having Nikki and Alex <laughs> do her bidding from finding Waldo to brushing her hair, cleaning her room, all this stuff, to getting her fruit. Like, no, this is a nectarine. I asked for a peach. And the boys eventually get frustrated and angry just saying, mean Michelle, mean Michelle. And then they spray her with the garden hose because she's outside. It's just like, I get she's young too, but come on now. Okay, so this is, we don't even see what happens at the party because that comes later. And DJ, I don't know how she does it, but good for, <laughs> she's carrying Kimmy over her shoulder and Kimmy's just like, woohoo, just in the hallway. So like, I'm surprised Danny didn't wake up or, or Joey, no one <laughs> except for Stephanie was w woken up by Kimmy's. Celebratory, like, yeah, she's like, Woo, I can fly. <laughs> How much did you have? Even DJ's like, Gosh, Kimmy, maybe you should have drinking light, drinking light beer. I gotta hand it to Andrea Barber, she pretending to, you know, be drunk for um, this episode. It, just, it, it is comical. I mean, there are a lot of different types of you know, behaviors when it comes to drinking and stuff. I mean, there's the goofy drunk, which also could be goofy slash annoying drunk, the loud, obnoxious drunk. There's the, uh, <laughs> the angry drunk. There's the, um, remorseful drunk, I guess. I, I don't know. I haven't been around a, a whole lot of people that drink. I know my, um, one side of my family does. I just, I honestly was never into alcohol. I maybe tried a couple wine coolers when I turned 21, but that was it. I never got, I've never understood the uh, appeal, honestly. And I already talked about this during the Just Say No Way episode, so I don't want to go on another why I don't like alcohol. You know, to each their own. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, DJ takes Kimmy from over her shoulder and just plops her on the bed. And Kimmy, like, sits up and says, DJ, <laughs> DJ, <laughs> she says, I just want you to know <laughs> that I plan on being the same person I was 
after I developed superpowers. Oh my gosh. So yeah, she definitely woke up Stephanie. And Stephanie says, what's going on in here? And Akimi's like, oh look, it's the creature from the Blonde Lagoon. <laughs> and DJ said, well, Kimmy's not feeling very well. And Kimmy was like, I feel fine if she goes to stand up. She's so wobbly. The way that she, when she stands up and she starts to, like, stumble around, it's almost like you could tell, I mean, she looks like the room is most likely spinning for her. So, here comes old Stephanie ready to diagnose Kimmy. Like, oh yeah, I learned about this in health class. She's got all the classic symptoms. So, Stephanie, like, snaps a finger in front of Kimmy's face, and Kimmy, like, looks off to the side, and Stephanie says, hmm, disorientation, dilated pupils. Stephanie just, like, touches Kimmy, and she falls back on the bed. Stephanie says, lack of balance. Kimmy ain't, ta ain't tainted pork. Like, no, she did not. If she ate tainted pork, wouldn't she be in the hospital? Same thing as, like, food poisoning? <laughs> no, Steph, she did not eat tainted pork. She's drunk. And Stephanie's like, no. Like, she's probably never met a drunk person, person who's been under the influence. Yeah, Stephanie says, no. We gotta tell Dad. And... DJ stops Stephanie like, no, 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 we can't. Look, Kimmy's not exactly his favorite person, okay? You know, and if he finds out, she'll never be allowed back here. And Stephanie doesn't face her. Again, I say, we gotta tell Dad. <laughs> I'm like, come on! And Dad, knock, 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 Danny's at the door. So, DJ makes quick work of Kimmy, pulls back the comforter, Pushes Kimmy down. Her legs are crossed at the ankles, by the way. Kimmy's like, woohoo! And DJ has to call him, like, Kimmy, look, we're going to play a game, okay? Whoever can be the quietest gets to lip wrestle with the captain of the football team. And Kimmy says, play ball! <laughs> Look, 
Kimmy, we're going to play a little game, okay? Whoever can say the quietest gets to lip wrestle with the captain of the football team. Play ball. <laughs> Come in. So Danny opens the door because <laughs> Kimmy's basically covered with the, the comforter. <laughs> She's under the covers. And Danny's like, oh, wow, you're home early. How was the party? And DJ's like, oh, it was great. It was It was really, really good. And DJ says, we, we just didn't want to burn out on fun. And Danny tells her, oh, it's, I'm glad you had a good time. Oh, Danny, come on now, really. Because uh, Kimmy starts moving underneath that comforter. And Danny asks, that isn't the guy who created Love Boat under there, is it? What? Danny, what are you talking about? And DJ says, no, uh, actually, it's Kimmy. Look, I mean, she had a really big fight with her parents. So, I mean, I just said she could kind of... Stay here tonight if that's okay. And Danny asks, <laughs> why couldn't she just have a really big fight with us and sleep at her own house? <laughs> DJ points to Danny and says, oh yeah, that's that's something to think about. <laughs> and DJ says, you know, I'm really tired, you know, all, all that frat fun. So I'm going to head to bed. Thank you, Stephanie. You can leave now. Thank you. So she says, you know, I'm really tired, so I'll see you both in the morning. Good night, Steph, Dad. Thank you. You're home early. How was the party? Oh, it was great. Uh, it was really good. We just didn't want to burn out on fun. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> that isn't the guy who created Love Boat under there, is it? What? No, um, actually, it, it's Kimmy. She had a really big fight with her parents, so I just told her she could sleep at our house. Why couldn't she just have a really big fight with us and sleep at her own house? That's something to think about. You know, I'm I'm really tired. All that frat fun. I'll, I'll just see you guys in the morning. All right. Sleep tight, sweetie. Uh, Danny and Stephanie leave. DJ shuts the door. And then Kimmy sits up in bed. But the comforter's still covering her. And she says, hey, this party's too dark. And DJ explains to her as she pulls the comforter back, says, Kimmy, the party's over. You got us kicked out. And DJ says, look, just go to sleep, okay? And Kimmy gets aggravated. She says, you can't tell me what to do. Her breaking point with Kimmy. Because she says, look, Kimmy, I'm, just, I'm trying to be a good friend right now, okay? But you're making this really hard. So, Kimmy pulls back the covers and says, Well, here, let me make it easy for you. And she gets out of bed and stands in front of DJ and says, I'm out of here. As soon as she says that, kaboom, she practically face plants to pass out. But luckily, DJ does get her before she hits the floor. And just the audience's reaction, whoa, whoa. I feel for DJ. She has been there for Kimmy through thick and thin. And it's just... I don't know any friend that would want to be in DJ's place right now. Having to nurse their drunken friend and, and take care of them like that. It's like, why would you put me in this position? Like, I'm happy to help out, but even still. 
A friendship, I can understand where a friendship would be put to the test here. I mean, even though Kimmy is like a stick-thin person here, she's still, I mean, can you imagine even trying to lift someone who's just over 100 pounds over your, and DJ was carrying her up the stairs. Oh my god. It's not like, you know, DJ works out that, you know, or goes to the gym or anything like that, but it's like, yeah, and it, it, it's not like Kimmy weighs, like, the size of, like, two 40-pound hay bales or anything like that, but that that's still a lot of weight that you're putting. DJ is going to have such a sore shoulder the next thing. Ah, this, you're putting someone's body weight, basically, over your shoulder and walking up the stairs. Ugh. party's over. You got us kicked out. Just go to sleep, okay? You can't tell me what to do. <sighs> Look, Kimmy, I'm trying to be a good friend, okay? But you're making this really hard. Well, let me make it easy for you. I'm out of here. <sighs> so, Michelle comes into DJ's room. And it's just, she's wanting advice from her big sister. Like, DJ, what am I supposed to do? Nikki and Alex still hate me. And <laughs> why would she think that DJ is sleeping at the end of her bed? Because we see the comforter. Clearly there's someone under there because we do see a hand at the edge of the bed with a pillow at the edge of the bed. And... Since Michelle's not getting a response, she starts, like, shaking who she thinks is DJ. She, this sounds like a play on Red Riding Hood. You know, my grandmother, what big teeth you have. Or what big ears you have. And <laughs> Michelle says, my, what a bony butt you have. <laughs> well... So, Kimmy awakens. She's like, I don't want to go to school. Kimmy opens her eyes and looks at Michelle and says, Mom, you shrunk. And she's breathing right in Michelle's face. And Michelle has to, like, put a hand, like, whoa, whoa. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, she's probably been pre-puking, so I can imagine uh, that breath has got to be just... Ugh, rancid. Rancid, stinky, puke breath. So, DJ looks like she's coming in from taking a shower. And she's like, oh, you're finally up. Michelle says, hey, next time Dragon Breath sleeps in your bed, I want to be notified. Finally up. Next time Dragon Breath sleeps in your bed, I want to be notified. 
So, DJ, she has no sympathy for Kimmy, which, if I were DJ, I would not either. She yanks the covers back, says, rise and shine, it's a beautiful day, as she opens the window shade. And Kimmy, you can tell she is nursing one heck of a hangover, as she says, oh, turn down the sun. She's not even facing the window. And it's not a large window either. Yeah, DJ's like, oh, did you have a pleasant night? I sure didn't. And Kimmy says, no, it was awful. Kimmy says, I had this horrible dream. I was driving a white porcelain bus. And DJ says, yeah, that's because you spent the night with your head in the toilet throwing up. And this is news to Kimmy saying, oh, no wonder every time I hit the turn signal, I heard a flush. And DJ, she is so over this. I'm having to take care of Kimmy here. She says, do you have any memory of what happened last night? And Kimmy says, yes, I do. And then she looked at DJ accusingly and said, you ruined the best night of my life. And DJ can't believe this. She's like, I ruined your night? Who do you think was holding your hair while you were driving that porcelain bus? You know, who, who let you sleep in their bed while they slept on a chair? Who called your parents and covered for you? Yeah, me. It's one thing to, to do this and stuff, but then you're getting backlash from the person that helped you. Yeah, DJ 100% has a right to be frustrated. Like, I'm trying to help you, and then you're... Ooh. Kimmy, you have no idea what went on. She doesn't even remember. She has this hazy... Like, glazefield hue of, of what happened, which we're going to get into in a minute. She says... Kimmy says, you're just jealous, because I have the life of the party. And DJ... <laughs> off she's you are so off and Kimmy says oh please I remember everything no you don't (laughs) Kimmy says the party was just getting hot rise and shine it's a beautiful morning oh somebody turned down the sun (laughs) have a pleasant night it was awful I had this horrible dream I was driving a white porcelain bus. That's because you spent the night with your head in the toilet throwing up. Oh, no wonder every time I hit the turn signal, I heard a flush. (laughs) Do you have any memory of what happened last night? Yes, I do. You ruined the best night of my life. I ruined your night? Who do you think was holding your hair while you were driving that bus? Who who let you sleep in their bed while they slept on a chair? Who called your parents and covered for you? You're just jealous because I was the life of the party. Oh, you are so off. Oh, please. I remember everything. The party was just getting hot. You know, I think a lot of, honestly, what this anger in Kimmy, what's coming out of her, it's not the so much... The alcohol is giving her... It feels like the confidence to be... I don't know 
what they're saying is really true, but they, when somebody, it's like, when they say, like, if a person gets drunk, that's when they are the most truthful. Like, they will reveal things that they normally wouldn't if they were sober. Um, but, <laughs> I think that a part of Kimmy is a little, maybe, jealous of what DJ has. I mean, yes, Kimmy does have two parents that are extremely over eight seasons, very neglectful of Kimmy. They seem like they don't really want her there half the time because, you know, she's always at the Tanner house, which, you know, I, I can understand, you know, DJ's got, a, you know, a, a whole big family that, you know, they love each other and they treat each other with respect and there's always something going on and, you know, DJ always has, you know, guys interested in her and all of this, and maybe Kimmy feels like for the longest time. I think she even says, like, I'm tired of playing, you know, second best or second fiddle to you because you're just so popular and no one ever notices me and stuff. So I think a lot of that anger is coming through with Kimmy here, with her being drunk and everything like that. And in her mind, this is the version in her mind of how this party played out. Because Kimmy's like, oh, the party was just getting hot and you were sitting on reject row. As... It's almost like you kind of flip it where Kimmy's the popular one and DJ's the unpopular one. So it's almost a version of what Kimmy would rather it be. Kimmy being, you know, everyone's talking and what, hanging on Kimmy's every word and everything like that. Because this is... Because Kimmy... You guys, you get it. I'm not going to... Yeah. So we got DJ sitting on a couch with two... They always paint... The quote-unquote nerdy guys always be dressed in either, like, sweater vests, but the black glasses with the the tape in the middle, that's always their, their nerdish signifiers, and the long socks, and the plaid pants, and the bow ties, and the weird ties. This one guy is just... I don't know what his shirt is about, but that tie isn't helping anything either. One guy who's, like, sitting practically, he is too close to DJ, and he, it almost looks like he's, like, sniffing her hair, and it's really gross. Uh, here comes Cammy, surrounded by a couple guys that are just hanging on her every word. Yeah, and... DJ's like, Kimmy, where have you been? You promised me you wouldn't leave me alone. And Kimmy, in an English accent, according to the subtitle, says, I've been on the veranda having cocktails with these two fine young gentlemen. Yes, with the, I've been having cocktails with these incredibly engaging young men. And, and DJ, <laughs> that's clearly what Kimmy would be doing. She says, I hate this party. None of the cool guys will talk to me. Sometimes it says, speaking in French, as Kimmy says, Al contraire, I find the guests quite obliging. 
These guys do not look college age. They honestly look like they're 26 years old. So this one guy who will later be the one that kicks them out in the reality version of this party says, oh, Kimmy, will you honor us with a poem? And Kimmy says, ah, if you insist. And then everyone gathers around and she says, this is one of my favorites. I think that I shall see... I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. And they all clap. And someone passes with a tray of hors d'oeuvres, which looks like carrots and celery sticks. But Kimmy picks something off the tray that she can easily, like, toss in the air and catch in her mouth. And she does. And everyone applauds. And DJ pulls Kimmy away and says, Kimmy, I've never seen you so clever and witty. Not to mention coordinated. And DJ says, and I hate it. We're going home and I'm driving. She says, I'm tired of taking a back seat to you. She turns Kimmy around and starts pushing her towards the door to leave. And then the guy who kicks him out later says, no, don't take her from us. The party will die. Kimmy is a national treasure. And I love DJ's line as she looks around and says, then let it die. He says, the party will die without her grace and charm. And I love the look on Kimmy's face. She's like, aww. <laughs> like, see? Yeah, she's almost like she's got the smirk on her face for DJ. It's just like, see how popular I am? <laughs> Everyone groaning and just like, ugh. And then Kimmy, of course, comes back in and says, and that's how you ruined my night. You were sitting on three jet row. You promised you wouldn't leave me alone. I've been on the veranda having cocktails with these incredibly engaging young men. I hate this party. None of the cool guys will talk to me. Oh, contraire. I find the guests quite obliging. Oh, Kimmy. Would you honor us with a poem? If you insist. This is one of my favorites. I think that I shall never see a poem lovely as a tree. neck last night and Kimmy fires back you embarrassed my scrawny neck last night girl you don't even remember <sighs> she has such a hazy alcohol fused version of what happened it's just you are so far off Kimmy and this is where Kimmy is the one that calls it quits she says you know what I think it's time we went our separate ways 
And DJ said, that's the first coherent thing you've said all day. Kimmy says, good, we agree. This friendship is over. And DJ says, fine with me. And Kimmy says, fine with me. And yeah, they both sit on the bed back to back. And DJ says, Kimmy, this is my room. And Kimmy says, you are so possessive. And she gets off the bed and stops up. I, ooh, I don't know if she'd be ready for, I mean, she's, yeah, she's got a hangover and stuff like that, whether the alcohol is even still in her system or not, but I wouldn't trust her going downstairs without stumbling. Hello, newsflash, I saved your scrawny neck last night. You embarrassed my scrawny neck last night. I think it's time we went our separate ways. That's the first coherent thing you've said all day. Good, we agree. This friendship is over. Fine with me. Fine with me. Kimmy, this is my room. You are so possessive. So so now we go down. <laughs> oh, the flounder tarts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, breakfast time. Joey is making another creation that is going to frighten us all. <laughs> and it says in subtitles that he's imitating the Swedish chef. Do any of you that grew up in the 80s and 90s remember the cereal Crunchy Stars? C-R-O-O-N-C-H-Y. I remember having them. They're like little oat-shaped stars that were dusted with cinnamon and sugar. I can still remember what they tasted like. Oh, that and Krispy Critter cereal loved it. They why can't they do like a retro thing where they bring some of these cereals back? So Stephanie comes out and she is really nervous. She's like, uh, Joey, it doesn't smell like French toast. They need to put someone else on dinner, breakfast, and lunch duty because Joey is just not equipped to handle it. I mean, you want to do a fun little creation, great, but don't do it at a time that everyone's expecting a big meal. Toast. So, Joey says, Steph, I am determined to come up with a tasty meal for this family. Now, I only know two things for certain in this world. People love pastry. People love fish. So I present to you, for your approval, flounder tarts as they pop out of the toaster. They do look thicker than an actual pop tart. I'm just gagging just listening. I'm going to puke. And Stephanie says, approval denied. things to earn her honeybee cooking badge. No one wants fish for breakfast. They def 
don't want fish in a Pop-Tart. That is not a Pop-Tart flavor that I would ever subject myself to eating. Even well, some of the flavors recently of Pop-Tarts have been a little... I was intrigued by the uh, Maple Eggo Waffleish Pop-Tart. Tried it. Not a fan. Fruit Loops one was alright. It just tasted a little bit too much like Lemon Pledge. And what was... Uh, um, Peach Cobbler. Not a fan. The Lemon Cream Pie one they came out with last year was good. Like that one. But sometimes there's just some that are so off-the-wall bonkers that you're wondering, like, why? Why? Why did you come up with this flavor, Pop-Tarts? Again, I don't... Fish is not... I don't think in the morning, like, gosh, I'm hungry. I gotta fry up some fish for breakfast. No! No. So, of course, here we get Michelle following Uncle Jesse into the kitchen saying, Uncle Jesse, when are you gonna talk to Nikki and Alex? They still hate me. They still won't talk to me. Yeah, she says, they're still mad at me. And Jesse says, don't worry about it, Shorty. Your Uncle Jesse has it all taken care of. As he takes one of those flounder tarts off the plate on the kitchen counter and takes a bite. Ooh, ooh, gross. A look on Jesse's face. She's like, ooh, ooh. That's a look of immediate regret when you bite into something trying to, I like how he stick the finger up for trying to get his point across as he's trying to like, he's got this flounder tart sitting in his mouth. He says, Joey, two questions. As like flounder tart is like falling out of his mouth onto the floor. He says, can you help me? And what did I just put in my mouth? And Joey says, yes, and flounder tart. And Jesse's just like, oh, I can't get <laughs> And even Michelle is like practically gagging, like, eh. Michelle, again, wearing those extra large scrunchie in her hair. Please stop with those extra large scrunchies. That's not enough hair to be held by that large of a scrunchie. It would just slip right out. Uh, and this is what makes it even more gag worthy. As Joey says, oh, brother. As he pulls out of the mixing bowl. A fish scale with skin to, still attached. He says, ah, should have got all the bones out of this one. Jo Joey, you were going to feed that to people? Ew, oh, oh, ow. Jesse, he's still, he's like, ah, get this out of my mouth. Ah, get this out of my mouth. Ah. So he goes around the corner, takes Joey's oven mitt, and spits the contents of that flounder tart into it, and then puts... The oven mitt back on Joey's hand. Oh my gosh, your audience reaction to all of this is just priceless. It's pure gold. Just, oh God. Especially as he like, he literally spits that into the whole mouthful, flounder tart, into that frog oven mitt that's got the googly eyes on it and slips it back onto Joey's hand. Like, this is... Thanks, Joey. This is your this is your payback. Uncle Jesse, when are you gonna talk to Nikki and Alex? They're still mad at me. Don't worry about it, Shorty. Your Uncle Jesse has it all taken care of. 
you help me? And what do I just put in my mouth? Yes, and flounder tart. So Becky comes in with Nikki and Alex and says, Jess, the boys are here. And then Jesse's, all right, boys, sit down, sit down. And even, you know, Becky's like, honey, I really think, let's just let the kids work this out together. But no, Jesse wants to be the one to teach a lesson here. Of course he has to, like, talk down to Becky. Like, Becky, sweetheart, sweetheart, sweetheart. If kids could work things out for themselves, they wouldn't need parents. And Jesse says, no, I'm going to teach them something called forgiveness. And Jesse says, sit back and watch the master. Becky, say, yes, master, I'll be over there in my bottle if you need me. <laughs> Jesse's like, all right, Jeannie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Becky, like, folds her arms one over the other and, like, nods her head. <laughs> oh, no, I dream of Jeannie reference. <laughs> so Jesse kind of kicks this off with saying, all right, gentlemen, so... When you're dealing with your family or friends, there's a very important thing I like to call forgiveness, all right? It doesn't say what forgiveness is. So they don't, oh my god, this is just, <laughs> this is just going to be going into cray-cray uh, town. <laughs> the way this escalates. He says, can you guys say that with me? Forgiveness? And they say, forgiveness. All right, good enough. He says, heck of a try. Good. Jesse says, all right, see, I, I get it. It's a little fuzzy, so I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Yeah, he hasn't even given them a definition of what forgiveness is. So, I mean, he doesn't even use their situation of how this whole thing kind of kicked off uh, with Michelle and the boys as an example. So... Jesse pulls Joey into this, like, hey, Joseph, can you help me? I need a hand here. Yeah, here's the example. He says, all right, let's see here. Say I took one of Joey's very delicious flounder tarts, put it in his pocket here like so, and then now, I don't know, give it a nice whack, and he was slaps Joey's pocket with that flounder tart and just goes, just explodes all over his shirt. Oh, my goodness, gross. That flounder tart is so thick. It's like two Pop-Tarts stacked on top of each other. <laughs> the kids are, the twins are like, ugh. It explodes on contact from Jesse's hand. You hear, you'll hear it in like, splat. Even Becky has got this shocked look at her like, what? <laughs> Jesse says, I know that my dear pale Joey would forgive me. Right, Joe? And Joey says, yes, I forgive you. And Jesse says, well, thank you. See how that works, boys? <laughs> that is not an example. He's like, see how that works, boys? I do a thing. He forgives. It works very nice. So 
Jesse asks, all right, boys, can you find it in your heart to forgive Michelle over there? And they say, no. Becky's got this look on her face like, yes, this isn't helping them. They don't understand what it means. But Jesse is just like, no, no, let's keep going with this, okay? Uh, I see this concept may need another example. Oh, my gosh. And, of course, Joey is ready for some payback. He's like, well, permit me, Daddy. And, oh, gosh. <laughs> so, Joey takes that fish goop batter. Like, now, boys, if we were to take some of this leftover fish goo and just, like... And, and, and Jesse's like, well, I'm, and then Joey just is like, take some of this leftover fish goo and put it in my hand and just kind of goop it on daddy's face. And he just starts covering Jesse's face in that fish batter. Yeah, he, he's just like, here, I'm going to take some of this fish batter and just goop it on daddy's face right on Jesse's eyes, his nose, his mouth. And Michelle even is just mouthing, like, oh my god, yeah, and this is get, starting to get out of control. And Joey says, I know that your dad would forgive me. It's literally dripping off of Jesse's face, this fish goo. Jesse grabs Joey by his shirt collar and pulls him forward and says, I'm gonna. It's like, the boys are watching. Do you really want a result of violence, Jesse? He says, I'm gonna for forgive you. Yeah. Because I love how Joey, like, turns and looks at Nikki and Alex and is, turns to Jesse with a smile on his face. Like, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna hit me in front of your kids? I don't think so. And Je Jesse's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna forgive you. I, I forgive you. So, <laughs> yeah, let's keep going with, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. Jesse's like, you know, no, 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 no going with this thing, shall we? He's like, okay, now, boys, pay attention. If I were to say, oh, I don't know, take this leftover pitcher of fish goo and just pour it down Joey's shirt, Joey, can you? My hands are a little uh, messy. And Joey is just like, ugh. I really gotta wonder. <laughs> yeah, Joey looks really irritated. Oh, I love the audience's reaction. It's this is just like, oh, and Jesse grabs that. It's like a a pic a picture of like you would put like a, a like a drink in there, like you know, pop or so whatever, it, or ice water. Michelle's just over this. Becky is just really grossed out. And it's just like, oh, just all this stuff going. And then Joey, as he's like pulling his his shirt kind of from the collar kind of open enough so he can like put that, just pour that fish goop batter in there. And I'm just, oh. Oh my gosh, Dave Coulier looks like he is so over the scene. settled in at the bottom and Jesse says I know my buddy Joey would forgive me right Joe 
Oh, Joey is he is angry as he's like, oh, I forget. He starts yelling. He's like, oh, I forgive you, Jess. But just so there's not a shadow of a doubt here, boys, let's say I take this electric egg beater and go behind your dad. And it's like, whoa. Like, Becky's got to jump. Like, okay, enough, enough. So we're done with this. Ugh. He's like, just so there's not a shadow of a doubt on this forgiveness concept. Yeah, he says, suppose I take this egg beater and crank it up to frappe and stand behind your dad. He, oh my god, he is like, right, uh, like, going for that. <laughs> and I shove it up. <laughs> like, oh. Oh, yeah, Becky, oh, she jumps in there saying, okay, okay, professors. Okay, we're done here. Yeah, and Becky says, boys, before this fish fry can go any further, can you please tell your cousin Michelle that you're sorry, that you forgive her? And they say no. And Becky says, why not? And they say, because we don't know what forgiveness means. See, I none of these examples have anything to do with the situation that Michelle and the boys are in. Luckily, Michelle takes it upon herself to explain to the boys what forgiveness is and what it, you know, what it means for her and the boys. Michelle goes over to the boys and says, guys, forgiveness means you know I'm sorry for what I did. And you'll give me another chance. And both boys say, oh. And then they say, we forgive you. And they hug. And it's just so sweet. Yeah, she says, forgiveness means, you know, I'm sorry for what I did. And you'll give me another chance because we love each other. And then the boys say, oh. We forgive you. Oh, it's just so sweet. See, Becky was right. Just work, have the kids work it out between themselves. So Becky says, see, now who knew the kids could work this all out by themselves? And Becky says, oh, that's right. <laughs> I did. All right, there you go. Jess, boys are here. Hi, boys, sit down, sit down. Honey, you know, I still think that we should let the kids work this out for themselves. Becky, sweetheart, 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 if kids could work things out by themselves, then they wouldn't need parents. Now, teach them something called forgiveness. Sit back and watch the master. Yes, master. I'll be over there in my bottle if you need me. All right, Jeannie, all right, Jeannie. All right, gentlemen. Now, when you're dealing with your uh, cousins or, or your friends, there's a very important thing I like to call forgiveness. All right, can you guys say that with me? Say forgiveness. Forgiveness. Heck of a try. Good. I, I, I see it's a little fuzzy, so I'll, I'll show you what I'm talking about. If, Joseph, can you help me out over here? I, I need a little hand. Absolutely. Okay, now, um, say, say, say I was to put, uh, I don't know, one of Joey's... Uh, very delicious flounder tarts in his pocket here, like so. Watch. See, just put it in the pocket. And I give it a nice, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Whack. Like so. I know that my dear pal Joey would forgive me. Right, Joe? Yes, I forgive you. Thank you. You see how that works, boys? I do a thing, he forgives it. It, it works very nice. Now, um, boys, can you find it in your heart to uh, forgive Michelle over there? No. No. Okay, well, I 
I see this concept may need another example. Oh, well, permit me, Daddy. <laughs> now, boys, if I were to take some of this leftover fish goo well, and put some of it in my hand and just kind of <laughs> goop it on Daddy's face, <laughs> like so, I know that he would forgive me. I'm going to... Forgive you. I forgive you. I do forgive you. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let, 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 let's keep going with this thing, shall we? Now, boys, pay attention. If I were to say, uh, oh, I don't know, take this whole pitcher of flounder goo, and I would say pour it down Joey's shirt. Joseph, can you help me? My my hands are a little dirty. <laughs> Out. Oh, he's just patting the bottom of the shirt. I know that my buddy Joey would forgive me, right, Joe? Oh, I forgive you, Jess. But boys, just so there's not a shadow of a doubt on this whole forgiveness concept, suppose I were to take this egg beater and crank it up to frappe and just stand behind your Okay, that's enough. Just good grief. Now, boys, before this fish fry goes any further, can you please tell your cousin Michelle that you forgive her? You can't. Why not? We don't know what forgive means. Great job there, Jess. DJ's in her room pulling off her bed sheets because she wants to watch them because they smell probably smell like puke and sweat and what have you. Um, Danny comes up and says, hey, look, we're all going to go out to eat because the kitchen smells like SeaWorld. Oh, yeah, I mean, if you want, you can bring Kimmy and uh, DJ, yeah, she, Kimmy's not DJ's favorite person right now. She says, you know, I wouldn't bring Kimmy anywhere where he would gather. Okay, one thing. When you hear this clip, listen to Bob Saget's voice as he says, Hey, Deej, we're all going out to breakfast. The kitchen smells like SeaWorld. It sounds like his voice is kind of raspy, almost like maybe he was doing, like, a, like his stand-up comedy routine or something, and maybe, he, you know, I, I don't think you gotta shout for that, but it just hit, I mean, just, just listen to that line when he says that, because it does sound like his voice is a smidge raspy, like, 
he'd been, you know, using his voice a little, you know, too loud or, or, or something. I just, I just caught that. It's like, yeah, that does sound, uh, either that or it sounds like he's getting over, because uh, that episode, that episode hasn't happened yet. It's season eight. I think it's like the second episode, uh, Making Out is Hard to Do, which I will cover that in the Good Girls and Bad Boys series. So, yeah, that we'll also have the All Stood Up episode and the um, Five's a Crowd. And what was the other one was going to be? Um, Good Girls or Girls Just Want to Have Fun, that episode. But, yeah, it just it kind of just sounds like, <laughs> which I, I, yeah, I'm sure that kitchen smells like fried fish and doughy fish and just, boo. So, when he says, oh, you can bring Kimmy along if you like, and DJ tells him, I wouldn't bring Kimmy to any place humans gather. And Danny takes it like something clearly happened at this party or something happened that there's a rift between DJ and Kimmy. And yes, normally Danny would probably be celebrating this fact that DJ and Kimmy aren't friends anymore. But he doesn't know that yet. He just knows like something happened to cause DJ to have this reaction about Kimmy. So Danny comes in into the room and he's like oh well I uh I take you two had a little argument and DJ says little in the sense that we're never talking again and DJ admits the truth is Kimmy slept here because she got drunk at that party last night and she has and she couldn't go home this kind of aggravates me that Danny even has to ask this question as, and he's not, this isn't just say no way when DJ says, Dad, I wasn't drinking beer. And he reacts, you weren't drinking what? No, he's like, oh, uh, I, I hope you weren't drinking too. And it just, it boggles me that, well, first of all, that he even let her, I mean, she is 18, she's an adult, I get it, but she's still in high school, she still lives in that house. That, that he would even let her go to that. It's like, Deej, you want to go to a frat party? Cool. Just wait till after you graduate high school, at least, or you're in college. But I just, I don't get why he feels like he has to ask that question. Because he should know DJ enough. We know DJ enough. She doesn't drink. Sure, might, she might have some wine in, in Fuller House because she's like a 30-something-year-old, you know, adult, but she's not going to knock back shots at a bar or anything like that. That Stephanie, yes. DJ, no. Uh, yeah, so, and DJ's like, no, Dad, don't worry, I wasn't drinking. And DJ says, and I drove home. Yeah, she was a designated driver, and she has, after I fought her for the keys, and Danny is just, he's, he's surprised, you know, you know, he's known Kimmy for eight years. This is not typical Kimmy behavior. Yeah, Kimmy's goofy and stuff, but he never know her to, you know, get inebriated. You know, because he's like, oh, man. 
it's a good thing you were there. I'm just thinking, there's no way that Kimmy herself would just go off, even though she has a car. She would not be going to a frat party by herself. No, I don't even think Kimmy would be going to a party by herself unless DJ is there with her. And Danny, you know, since DJ pulled the uh, fitted sheet off the bed, it's just basically the mattress and box spring there. So he sits on the edge of the edge of the bed. He's like, and he's not angry at her. He's like, oh, what? Why didn't you uh, mention this last night? And TJ says, I mean, I was I was going to, but I just I was afraid you wouldn't let me see her again. Like DJ, Danny is is not gonna do that. And DJ says, you know, but but that's just fine with me. It's like if you don't want me to see Kimmy, I will. Like DJ is angry right now. She's upset that. You know, she helped Kimmy out in a moment when she needed her, and this is kind of Kimmy's, you know, backlash at her. I'd be like, yeah. She, DJ called Kimmy's parents to cover for her. She held her hair back while Kimmy was puking in a toilet all night long. She let her sleep in her bed. And then here comes Kimmy with the, oh, you ruined the greatest night of my life. I'm thinking, sweetie, you can't even remember what happened. Yeah. That's why I, I just, I don't, and I'm not trying to judge, but I just, I don't understand what the appeal is to drink to the excess of not rem even being able to remember the night before what happened, what you did, or even drink to the point of, like, literally blacking out. And I just, I don't get it. It's like then you have a big hangover the next day. It's like... Is it is it honestly worth it the the whatever thrills you get from being you know inebriated and under the influence I mean is that worth having the hangover the next day and having to deal with that I mean I just I don't get it if you need to drink to find your courage then you need to find courage in a more safer place because <clears throat> I gotta tell you I don't think anybody likes hanging around someone who's who's drunk but i mean i mean if if you put yourself in dj's shoes and what she did for her friend and everything she was there for kimmy even though you know kimmy's throwing this anger and frustration and backlash at, at dj and everything it's like you ruined the greatest night of my life and this and that after dj did all of this stuff to help kimmy saved her life honestly she saved her life and, and, and DJ is just sort of the point where it's like, yeah, she basically is saying, like, she wants to write Kimmy off. Like, hey, we're done. I'm done. I'm not doing this. And and Danny, Danny looks at DJ kind of like, um, he's a little confused that DJ would just be the type that would just write someone off, like, you make a mistake. I don't agree with your choices. I really want nothing more to do with you. And Danny says, you know, DJ, I mean, I would normally agree that Kimmy's an annoying, obnoxious nuisance. And I mean every one of them, but is that really a reason to cut her out of your life like that? Yeah, and Danny does say, you know, but she's still your, your best friend. Danny also says, you know, if someone makes a wrong choice, I mean, I don't think you can just walk away from them and ignore them. I mean, he, he does. 
he does make a point. Like, we know Kimmy, and she's not normally like this. She just, I mean, I could, like, one beer, but she has a full-on, like, headgear with the two beers on the side with the straw things coming down into the mouth. It's, my guess is she, because Kimmy is a lightweight, she's a string bean, um, and just, I, I, I can't imagine that it would take much for her to get, you know, become drunk. And even probably once that courage started slipping in, she's like, okay, yeah, you know, looser, you know, words are flowing more, better, and everything, and that confidence, that filter is basically going out the window. But Kimmy already doesn't have a filter, so you take Kimmy's annoying hammocks and you, like, skyrocket it to 20. <laughs> um, yeah, she's just going to come off as just... Really obnoxious and really like, oh boy. But yeah, she probably felt like once that courage was, you know, kicking in, that liquid courage, she was just, she was like, well, I've had one, another wouldn't hurt. And I'm just, I mean, my gosh, I bet anything Kimmy can't be more than, I'd say maybe 105 pounds, maybe 110, but no more than that, maybe even less than that. But, um, I mean, Danny does have a point in, 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 a, in a way here with, you know, people do make mistakes. Things happen that you just, you really want to end a friendship like that. And DJ says, yeah, well, I really don't want to spend the rest of my life with Kimmy draped over my shoulder. As, yeah, she's like, well, I don't want this to be a reoccurring habit. It's like, I helped her out once and everything, but the fact that, sweetie, you know that this is not something that Kimmy is ever going to partake in again. She's just not, because that is not Kimmy. I don't think there's ever going to be another chance that she is going to want to be around alcohol after this and everything. Or even what other opportunities has she had to encounter alcohol? We don't know anything about her parents. Up until this point in Full House, we just know her parents are neglectful. That's the one thing I didn't care for in season over the course of Fuller House. We're getting a completely different depiction of Kimmy's parents. I mean, Jimmy even says our parents weren't around much, but the way they make them sound like they're globetrotting explorers. And it just that doesn't line up. And it's almost like they're trying to make it forgivable for the way that Kimmy's parents are. And I just, I, I don't like that. I don't like that. We're, it's like they're trying to paint them in a more excusable picture. Like, oh, they're not really neglectful. They're just globetrotting. No. But I'm not getting into that. So, Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there are things you can be a good friend and everything like that, but there are ways that it's like you are kind of stretching the boundaries. Like, in a way, sometimes even when taking advantage, it's like I can do things for you and stuff like that, and it's fine to do that, but when you start taking advantage of, you know, my help and whatnot. And Kimmy's not doing that either, but... Would you be helping... I mean, I get it, Kimmy's still, but the thing is, she's got a huge hangover, she, she doesn't remember the night before, 
this isn't Kimmy. This is her hangover and the leftover alcohol in her system talking. I gotta say, DJ's hair in this episode, I I love it. I love it so good. Just the way that it's just kind of lightly kind of tucked, you know, under it at uh, jaw level there. It's not where it's flipped outward. Like in the season eight, season series finale, I didn't like that little, it's just too kind of duck build out. I didn't really care for that. But this I love. I love the shirt, you, even though it's just a simple, you know, white long sleeve shirt with, you know, black on the shoulders and the top of it. But it's just, I don't know why. I just, I like this scene, you know, her. Her hair, like the makeup, everything. Ugh. DJ's gorgeous. She's a beautiful woman. Beautiful young woman. DJ also adds, she's just not the kind of person I want to hang out with. That, honestly, this whole situation is what really tests their friendship. And the fact that she thinks that, Kimmy, this is going to be a regular thing with Kimmy, we go you know, we go to parties, and there's alcohol involved, she's gonna go for it because she needs that courage. It's like, you gotta learn to be able to, you don't need this to be funny, you don't need this stuff to be like. People are gonna like you or they're not going to, and if they don't, that's on them. You don't have to work so hard to feel like you gotta please everybody and be everyone's best friend. Oh, this is, this is gold from Danny, as he says. Yeah. Yeah, but you're the kind of person she needs. Like, you may not like Kimmy in this moment, Deej, but she really needs you right now. She may not want to hear what you have to say, but she needs to hear these words that you're going to tell her. And let me tell you, the thing is, we don't know how Pam Tanner died until DJ. We know it was a car accident. We know it was an accident. I'm trying to think, and goodbye, Mr. Bear. Did they say whether it was, in fact, a car accident? I'm trying to remember. And they may have. I think he does say, you know, after the car accident. But then we didn't know. Car accident can mean so many things. It can mean the road was rainy and the car slid through a light, or stops, or something. Or it could be just, we didn't know. And oh my gosh. I just, I remember when I watched it, I was, I was crying. I was just, I felt horrible for DJ. And let me tell you, when she says those words about her mom, oh, Kimmy sobers up like that. She immediately, and she must, well, I don't know if that's something that DJ would have kept to herself, you know, when she was younger, or or whether she and Kimmy were friends prior to her mom, you know, DJ's mom passing. And maybe Kimmy was the one that kind of helped, you know, helped DJ to have a friend and everything. And if you think about it, in a way, it feels like DJ, she may have gotten to be a kid for a bit, but it's almost like she did take on that motherly role to be a mother substitute and a big sister for Stephanie and for Michelle. You know, until Becky, DJ was the only older womanly role that those girls had. 
And I just, honestly, with Becky being there, I just wish she could have been a bigger presence as far as, I mean, she was there for, for DJ and, and stuff like that when it came to the whole embarrassing, you know, spin the bottle thing, when um, Michael, when <laughs> Mumford broke DJ's heart, it was Becky who she turned to, so... Yeah. Yeah, and Danny says, you know, you're the kind of person she needs, especially now, don't you think? And DJ, you can see on her face, she she is being like, yeah, Dad, I I know, I. She she doesn't say that, but I think she is saying like, you're right. I can't just let her go like this. Hey, Dage, we're all going out to breakfast. The kitchen smells like SeaWorld. You can uh, you can bring Kimmy along if you'd like. I wouldn't invite Kimmy to any place where humans gather. Oh, sorry, take it. You two had a little argument? Little in the sense that we're never talking again. The truth is, Kimmy slept here last night because she got drunk at that party and couldn't go home. I hope you weren't drinking, too. No, Dad, don't worry. I wasn't drinking. And I drove home. After I fought her for the keys. Man, it's a good thing you were there. Why didn't you tell me about this last night? I should have, but I was afraid you wouldn't let me see her again. But that's just fine with me. Well, DJ, I know I say a lot of things about Kimmy being an annoying, obnoxious nuisance, and I mean every one of them. <laughs> she's still your best friend. But if somebody makes a wrong choice, I don't think you can just walk away from them and ignore them. Yeah, well, I, I really don't want to spend the rest of my life with Kimmy draped over my shoulder. She's just not the kind of person I want to hang out with. Yeah, but you're the kind of person she needs. Especially now, don't you think? So, DJ comes out of the backyard and Kimmy is just laid out there on the patio furniture. And she takes one look at Kimmy and says... Thought you'd have made it home by now. And Kimmy says, Pace, I'm pacing myself. Kimmy points and says, my objective is the fence by nightfall. And of the times, I mean, I'm thinking, is she meaning to, like, go over the fence? Or I thought there was, like, a uh, section where you could open part of the fence that would lead right into Kimmy's backyard. Kimmy! <laughs> Now that we got her outside, we can see Kimmy's face. She is pale. Her her lips are just pale. She just, yeah. And DJ is, oh, she is so, very much irritated. She's like, Kimmy, you are so hungover. And I, that, uh, of the Kimmy that we know and we've grown up with, this is the time that she is very irritated and angry. And the way that she just turns her head, she's like, oh, stop screaming. It's like DJ wasn't screaming, but in Kimmy's head, it's probably pounding. So she says, oh, stop screaming. I don't need to hear any more lectures from you. And the way she just, oh, just go away. It's like, you're in my backyard, girl. I'm going to scream slash talk at you all I want right now. And DJ says, well, what you need to hear is exactly what happened at that party last night. I thought you'd have made it home by now. And 
pacing myself. My objective is the fence by nightfall. Kimmy, you're so hungover. Stop screaming. I don't need to hear any more lectures from you. Well, what you need to hear is exactly what happened at that party last night. Oh. DJ says she was actually having a nice time. Talking to these nice guys who, in Kimmy's version, are the nerdy types with the black glasses with the tape around them. And DJ says, yeah, you were somewhere off getting drunk. So what did they do when they showed up? Like, Kimmy's like, you know, DJ, I'm going to go get something to drink. And, well, the thing is, we find out that this frat, they that's not their alcohol. Someone else brought it to the party. Like, do you not check people at the door? You don't not have somebody who's, like, going through a list of who you're... Or you just got the door just hanging open and whoever comes in, comes in. I mean... And this doesn't really sound like a normal, like, when I think of a frat, I think of, you know, how movies depict them with crazy antics and beer drinking and this and that. And this just, it looks more like an upstanding, studious, you know, type of frat. Like, a no-nonsense, it sounds like you would, you know, someone's probably off reading poetry or just talking about, you know, businesses that they want to, like, or things they want to eat and, and stuff like that. I mean, that's what I'm getting, the vibe, even just from, these kids are all dressed very nicely, button-down shirts, khaki slacks. Here comes Kimmy with this. What? Is there an official name for what this helmet is called with the, uh, with the, the plastic helmet that she's, the yellow, it's like mustard yellow helmet she's wearing with the beer on either side with the, um, the straw type things. She's not even drinking any right now, but she's got, those are probably the two beers she's had. Or is she, we don't know how many beers she's had. Enough that she's still able to walk around, and by walk, I mean kind of stumbling, like. Oh, yeah, she goes right over to the music and turns off the stairs. It's showtime! And everyone is like, what? What is going on here? They all have objections to, and the thing is, the people that have these yellow-tinted cups that they're drinking from, one looks like they're drinking, like, orange soda. Oh, there's a clear cup that looks like orange soda. Someone else is drinking, you know, either Coke or Pepsi, root beer, I don't know. But, <sighs> DJ immediately takes herself away from these two guys and goes over to Kimmy and just like, Kimmy, what are you doing? Yeah, and she goes up to Kimmy and says, Kimmy, don't, don't do this. You get, yeah, like I said before, with the whole, sometimes, a person can be really honest, I can imagine, when, when, when they're drunk. They'll say things that they normally wouldn't say. It's probably, I, and I go over, I think that Kimmy is just a little bit jealous of DJ. As she pushes DJ out of the way, says, out of my way, little Miss Perfect. She jumps onto the couch. With, there's a space between these two girls that were talking. She is, yeah, she is swaying. She is just, uh, but 
she takes her beer helmet off, tosses it behind her, some guy catches it. I don't know what the A-B-E uh, charter, what that stands for exactly. But she gets everyone's attention since she's turning the music off. Like, all right, attention, ladies and gentle dudes. It just, sure, her eyes are just kind of like, <laughs> she's really trying to keep her balance. She says, I would like to recite a little poem entitled Gas. And then she belches. And you just see these guys behind her just, oh, come on. None of these people are being wild and goofy and drunk. The only one that is, is Kimmy. It's like, who crashed, who's this girl that crashed our nice upstanding, you know, casual party? I wouldn't even call this a party. It's a gathering. It's just a gathering of people that are just, you know, hanging out in a common room. And Kimmy says, oh, thank you. I wrote that one myself. Oh, boy. Everyone, the look of horror and disgust on everyone's faces. Someone's probably like, can someone get an RA in here and get this girl out of here? Like, do you even go to the school? Who are you? Kimmy Gibbler, you're not on the list. No. Who came with you? DJ Tim? No, not on the list. You have to, both of you need to leave. And Kimmy was going to keep going. Like, oh, and now for my encore. Like, he's going to, like, burp the alphabet. She's like, oh, snacks! And she grabs, like, a handful of pretzels that are sitting on the coffee table. Grabs two fistfuls. Oh, she's going to attempt to try to catch them in her mouth. And she's like, they're going all over the floor. And she's walking, stumbling. Like I said, she's not walking. She's stumbling. And she knocks over a lamp. And then we got this girl that looks like a season one Sex in the City, uh... What's her, what was her name? Was it Carrie Bradshaw? You know, um, Sarah, SJP, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh my gosh. She's the one, the girl in the denim, who's like, who invited her? Nobody else at this party is drinking. If they're drinking, they're drinking, you know, they're drinking pop or slash soda or whatever you will call it. And Kimmy, of course, she's got a mouthful of pretzels, and she's like, and it's really just, it's disgusting, and I'm just like, come on, Kimmy. She's coughing up pretzels all over this guy that when DJ is trying to, like, lead her towards the entryway to kind of get her out of there. And, okay, so we do have the guy that comes up, clearly he's the head of this chapter, whatever frat it is. And Kimmy, who's still coherent enough, is like, oh, sure she's boring. That's no reason to kick her out of the party. And this guy means business. He's like, hey, we already kicked out the guys who brought the beer. If this gets out, we could lose our charter. Which, I'm guessing... Like, they, their frat would have to disband. They would, it would just be scandal for all these up-and-comers that are looking to go to Harvard and Yale one day, or I don't know. This guy's kind of cute, though. The guy that kicks him out. And DJ immediately is all apologies. Like, I, I'm sorry, look, we're, we're, we're leaving. So DJ was like, Kimmy, give me the keys. And Kimmy slaps her hand away and says, I think not. If you're making me leave, at least I can drive home. 
And she pulls out this giant key ring that's got her keys on there. This giant round metal keychain. And DJ goes to grab them, and Kimmy pulls back on them. And DJ says, Kimmy, you're in no condition to drive. And then DJ says, or Kimmy says, fine, I'll walk. And she takes two steps and face plants in DJ's arms. Yeah, he's starting a tug-of-war over this these keys. Because DJ's like, Kimmy, you're in no condition to drive. And Kimmy says, well, but if I walk, I might fall and hurt myself. DJ says, takes the keys, like, let's go. And then Kimmy, like, turns around and she ends up walking into the side of the entryway. There's that popcorn machine. We saw it in the last episode at the mall. Okay, the way that the, these people react, no one's laughing at this situation. The one that's laughing is the audience watching it. Well, the audience that was there for the taping. Um, everyone looks like they literally have never seen a drunk person in their life, like at all. Seen a dr- the way that they're just appalled and disgusted and just like, get her out of here. And then once they leave, they all swear each other to secrecy. Like, no one saw anything. They weren't here. Okay. We are all in agreement. Do we need to sign a paper? Okay. Why would you just let anybody come into a frat that doesn't... For one, they're not in college. Two, they're not even members of that college or that frat. So I don't understand... What? I just, I don't understand. How did she learn about this? Didn't, is this Nelson's, isn't Nelson like a year or so older than DJ? I I know Viper was. So I I don't know. This sounds like maybe something that Nelson would have been, well, Nelson had invited her to this. He would have been there, but. And DJ says, as we kind of come out of this, and that's what really happened. So yeah, Kimmy's, version of this is so laughably far out of left field it's in the outer space <laughs> her version it's just like oh no 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 i was actually having a good time i was talking to these two nice guys you were all somewhere getting drunk it's showtime kimmy kimmy don't do this out of my way little miss perfect Backwards off of the back. Hey, snacks. She doesn't have any of those in her mouth. Oh, there goes that lamp. Who invited her? Yeah, DJ's like patting her on the back. Kimmy 
can't admit that you're jealous of me. You had to embarrass me. Take my car keys like I don't know, with some sort of child. And DJ comes at her with like, you could barely walk. You think I'm going to let you get behind the wheel of a car? Kimmy is just so raw in this moment. And she's like, it's my life. What do you care? And this is where DJ reveals about what happened to Pam. And oh my gosh, this just breaks my heart. Is DJ starts to get choked up. She's like, I'm sorry, okay? I do care. My mom died because of a drunk driver. I'm not going to lose my best friend the same way. And DJ takes two steps and she just turns away from Kimmy. And Kimmy gets up off the patio furniture and goes over to Kimmy immediately in that moment she sobers up quickly and Kimmy goes over to DJ and puts a hand on her shoulder and says DJ I'm sorry I know I made an idiot out of myself last night I just I didn't know how to talk to those frat guys and she says you know but after a couple of drinks I, I started to loosen up and Kimmy says you know she sits down on the the patio furniture, she says, you know, for the first time in my life, I, I felt cool. And DJ says, well, Kimmy, they did call you a lot of things at that party, but cool was definitely not one of them. And and, and Kimmy is just, she, yeah, she is coming at this from a, a fear of wanting to be accepted, wanting to be liked. And just thinking, like, the only way to do that is, you know, when she was probably taking sips off the beer, which most likely probably to her probably tasted gross, but she's like, I gotta do it. I, I need that courage. I need, you know, I want to be able to talk to people and stuff. And she felt like maybe that was the only way. And, you know, her lips got looser and she was just saying stuff. She was just being, you know, brazen Kimmy like she normally is, just heightened, heightened to the 10th degree. Just and I I can see why you know Kimmy does feel very insecure. I I I get that. I get that. And she does see you know the way she's like out of my way. It went almost perfect. So she just kind of feel like she's in Kimmy's in DJ's shadow a little bit. But she's you know em, not just maybe a smidge jealous, but maybe envious of of DJ just this confidence that she has to just go up and talk to people and everything. It's like yes, DJ clearly exudes that confidence, but that doesn't mean that she's not also nervous as well. She just hides it more. Because, you know, Kimmy asks, like, well, Deej, how come you weren't nervous? And DJ says, are you kidding me? I was a nervous wreck. And DJ says, you know, I was talking to this really cute guy, and, and he kept smiling at me. And then I looked down, and I realized that my elbow was in the clam dip. And then we both started laughing. <laughs> and Kimmy says, oh, man, I would have been so humiliated. Yeah, so she were sober doing that sober, she would have probably been embarrassed. And DJ says, yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't my finest moment. And DJ says, you know, in some weird way, it kind of broke the ice because we both started laughing about it. <laughs> and Kimmy asks, so the trick to staying calm is to keep your elbow in the dip? DJ tells her, it's like, no, the trick to remember is that everybody is nervous. And it's a lot easier to handle if you stay in control, hence no drinking. 
And Kimmy says, you know, I'm glad one of us did. And Kimmy says, thanks, DJ, as she gets up and they hug. And it's just oh, it's such a sweet moment. You know, they're friends again. Well, they never really weren't friends. They were just... I am looking at... Andrea Barber, another against this beautiful girl, her arms are very, very thin. She is very skinny. And that's not a hindrance either. You know, I'm not trying to throw shade at Andrea at all. She is a gorgeous woman, just like like Candace's and everything like that. But I just, I like, you know, this is DJ and Kimmy, their friendship. They've seen, you know, through the highs and lows, you know. Good news, bad news, which I haven't covered, where DJ is the editor of the school paper in junior high, and she gives Kimmy a job as sports editor, which I'll get to that during the Best Friends series that I'm doing. Um, the other one, all the way back in season two, Tanner versus Gibbler, when we meet Becky, and DJ, uh, Steph, bleh, DJ throws Kimmy a surprise birthday party, and it just ends badly. Kimmy goes off with two girls she met from karate class, which looked like they would never take karate in their life. They might, they'd be more interested to go to meet cute boys, is why these girls would take karate, would be my guess. Nina and Melissa. But, um, yeah, you know, they've had their falling, they've, uh, even Kimmy's 16th birthday, birthday blues, you know. You know, and DJ was dating Steve, and it's just kind of navigating a friendship while one of you is has a significant other now, and kind of juggling how you would with that. So, yeah, they've seen each other through the good times and, and the bad times, but they always patch it up because they are good friends. They will see each other through the best of times and the worst of times. And the thing that I'm thinking of when... Kimmy said, it's my life, what do you care? And DJ brings up her mother was killed by a drunk driver. I'm thinking, if DJ, if Kimmy got behind the wheel of a car, she could not only have killed herself, she could have killed somebody else. Uh, and the fact that, you know, if Kimmy's 18, she's an adult. She, she saved you from not only hurting yourself, but taking the life of another person. Or your own. So, yeah. You just can't admit you were jealous of me. You had to embarrass me and take my car keys like like I'm some kind of child. Kimmy, you could barely walk. It's my life. What do you care? I'm sorry. I do care. My mom died because of a drunk driver. I wasn't going to lose my best friend the same way. Moment. 
But in some weird way, it broke the ice, and we were laughing about it. So the trick to staying calm is to keep your elbow in the dip? <laughs> the trick is to remember that everybody is nervous, and it's a lot easier to handle if you stay in control. I'm glad one of us did. Thanks, DJ. Okay, so I remember in the um, crazy credits, whatever it was on IMDb, it did say we get to see Kimmy and DJ through the years, through the credits, so I want to see if that's true in this case. Okay, that's not the case with the DVD. That really stinks, because I would have loved to see that, so yeah. Alright, so for the best outfit... I want to get. I want to give it to Kimmy's, um, her outfit for the frat party and everything. And I know, you know, because I love someone red and everything. It's just she carried it so well. It just it was beautiful. Runner up, I want to give it to DJ. You know, it's a simple, you know, white shirt with you know the shoulders, you know, black shoulders. But I just I, I love like her hair is just gorgeous and this that scene. I just really really liked it. Worst outfit for the episode? Um, I also kind of want to give it to DJ's red outfit. I'm not, I, and you see that a lot, it seems like in season eight, either it's Becky or it's DJ. They're wearing the, you know, the suspender like type dress things that are just below the kind of the dress kind of starts below like you know, the cleavage area, and then there's, like, the shirt that's underneath it, and I just, I don't know why, but I just, to, I mean, to each their own and, and everything with this, but I just, I've never found that dress flattering, like, in any way, and it's not, I mean, it's not a dress in the way, it's, it's like a dress, but it isn't like a, what a normal dress would look like and everything. I just, I don't know why, it's just, I'm not a fan of it. So, Tanner teachable moment for this episode is going to be that you don't have to drink if to feel like you need liquid courage and if you're nervous about something. Like alcohol is never don't use that as an excuse like, well, I need this because I'm nervous about this party or Maybe it'll make people like me more, or oh, every or, or the excuse everyone else is doing it. Why can't I do it? Like, just I'm just happy I've never acquired a taste of alcohol. I've never liked it. I tried it a couple of times, just a few sips, and I'm just like, I don't, I just, I don't get the appeal. And I'm not knocking other people that do it. I just, I don't, I'm not into that. I just, part of me is like, you know. When people would buy you know, these 30-some packs of alcohol, and I'm thinking they're spending, like, close to $30. And I'm thinking, I could get, like, think about it. You spend close to $30, you drink this liquid, it's gone. Your $30 is gone. I could get, like, two or three books and have those books forever and spend that amount of money. But then again, like I said, that's just me. Just... Uh, and another thing, honestly, if you have been drinking, just just call someone. There's you know, there's Uber, there's 
lift, there's all these people that are willing to help you get to where you need to go so you don't get behind the wheel and make a mistake. Make a choice that is going to ruin your life or somebody else's life for the rest of time. Just use judgment, guys. Come on. Why take part in something that is just going to give you a hangover the next day? It's just, just come on. Like, it's up to you if you want to do it, but just use judgment. If you've had too much, let someone help you out and take you home. That's my Tanner Teachable moment. Another thing, Tanner Teachable moment in regards to Michelle and the boys and Jesse and Joey and teaching forgiveness. Becky was right 100%. Yes. Let the kids figure this out. Michelle is nine years old. She admits, like, hey, I handled this the wrong way. I could have been a little more nicer. You know, just like, hey, guys, I want to hang out with you, too. But let's just kind of, you know, chill for a bit. Like, I'm kind of doing something with Joey right now. I can hang out with you guys later. Or, hey, you guys can sit there and watch. Because I think it's not so much the fact that the boys wanted to interact and hang out with Michelle. Because... Think about it. There are no other kids in that house that are near their age. Yes, Michelle's five years older. But she's as close to a kid as <clears throat> those boys. Are. Yeah, and the boys, of course, got each other. But it's like, oh, I see you all the time. I mean, yeah, they see Michelle all the time, too. But it's just like, yeah, they're not going to want to hang out with Stephanie and DJ. They're too old. So, Or even Joey, in a way, he's like a big kid. I'm surprised they weren't like, hey, Joey, hang out with us. <laughs> but you know and, and Michelle reacted like probably any other kid would with siblings that are like glomming onto them like being a shadow basically just like repeating their word I thought that they were going to start like repeating doing the shadow game which I didn't know that it, that was what that was called I thought it was gosh I remember when my cousins and I would play that and it just the person would get beyond irritated like, stop it, stop it. Um, I thought it was called copycat. I thought, I think that's what I might have referred to it as a kid. Like, hey, you want to play copycat? Which is that you're repeating everything in the same inflection that the other person is until they stalk off and say, leave me alone, I don't want nothing to do with you, basically. <laughs> so, okay, the next episode for May, this is kind of what's going to go down for May, guys, because um, I'm not really doing a series next month. I am kind of preparing for June and the Father's Day series with Danny and the girls. So I am going to be jumping into Fuller House Season 5. You know how last year I was, going to, you know, I did uh, college tours for Mother's Day featuring Kimmy and DJ's parents. So now, and I did say then, I said, okay, next year, it's in 2022, I will be covering the episode with Stephanie as a parent. And I'm going to be covering The Mayor's Bird, which is season five, episode six. All right. The mayor of San Francisco needs a house call to cure her bird. Ethan is invited to participate in Gibbler game night. Stephanie contemplates her future as mother of Danny. Her baby. So, yeah, it's just, you're going to have three things going on. And uh, 
So we're going to be doing that. And then for Bob Saget's birthday in the middle of May, I believe, May, what, May 17th, is going to be Old Brown Eyes. I'm going to be covering that one. And then in June, we're going to have the Olsen twins who have a birthday. So I'll be covering A Fish Called Martin. And I'm going to be covering the Father's Day episodes for Danny. So I'm going to be covering Where oh, Where Has My Little Girl Gone from Season 5. I'm Not DJ from Season 6, and High Anxiety from Season 7. So yes, there will be four episodes uh, in June, and just two in May, because I'm going to be working on um, other things, too. So getting kind of geared up for the summer. I did just release Born to be Wild, the movie review for Earth Day. Kicking off in June, I'm going to be doing another trilogy of movies. I'm going to be covering the Free Willy franchise. I'm just doing the first three, guys. I am not doing the one with Bindi Irwin because I just have no interest in covering that one. But these Free Willy movies will be... They're going to be clean. They're going to be for everyone. Now, I am going to go on record, and I've said this before, just because it's a family movie doesn't always mean... It's going to be a clean version. It just really depends on what I want to do and stuff like that. So, But I love these movies, and I want to share them on all three of my platforms, uh, Full House Podcast, Punky Brewster Podcast, and the Wonder Years Podcast. So also in May, you know, I'm going to be doing, you know, finishing up, wrapping up slowly the episodes of the new Wonder Years from season one. I will be covering episode 15, Black Teacher. That will be on the Wonder Years podcast. And I had made the decision to make the new Wonder Years a clean podcast after some have reached out to me and just said, like, hey, I like this. I really want to enjoy it. But unfortunately, due to the language, I really can't. I'm like, okay. So, Yes, I will be on episode 15, which will go out next Wednesday, and then from there we'll kind of see, because there's 22 episodes total for season one, so that means I have 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, so I have seven episodes. We do not yet know if there is going to be a season two of The Wonder Years. I did, since I follow, you know, the cast on Instagram, I did hear one of them say, don't 100% quote me on this, it's not it's not uh, goodbye, it's I'll see you soon or I'll see you later. So odds are, I'm fingers crossed we are getting season two of The Wonder Years because I've grown attached to the characters. I want to go on this journey with them. So, yeah. So as far as also July goes, because I will be going on a trip, I think I'm just going to possibly do a double feature, so that means two episodes. I am contemplating doing... The two almost breakup episodes, Designing Mothers with Danny and Vicky, and then, of course, before that would be the breaking up is hard to do in 22 minutes with Jesse and Becky going on a bit of a break because neither can agree to fake enjoy the other's interests, apparently. Where Jesse's always dragging Becky to the Smash Club so she can listen to him play the same three songs or three sets of music. How many times? And he doesn't want to partake in her interest, which is horse riding. So it's like, hey, guys, seriously, if you like the person, just indulge them once in a great while, okay? I mean, come on now. I mean, if you really like the person and it's not like your thing, like, 
Come on. Jeremy doesn't even like to read. But he read some books for me when we started dating. Okay? I mean, that is someone that would go, like, beyond the, like, I'm interested in you. I'm going to do this even though it's not my thing. Kind of thing. So, and he even watched movies that I recommended that weren't really his cup of tea. But he watched them. So, I was like, yeah, that's that's a guy right there, honestly. Someone who's really like, hey, this isn't my thing, but I'll do it because I like you. And I'm interested and want to get to know you more or whatever. So, yes, definitely. All right. So, I will be back for Mother's Day with Fuller House Season 5, Episode 6, The Mayor's Bird. And then May 17th, Bob Saget's birthday, I will be covering Old Brown Eyes. So... I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Have a great weekend. We are going to be entering May soon. Oh my gosh, we're getting... This year's flying. It's flying, guys. We are almost like at the halfway point for 2022. Gosh, it feels like these last like few years have just literally just flown. It's like you blink and you miss them. So, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I can't wait to cover the, the movies. I will be covering next month, Ever After, for a podcast listener Nicole's birthday. So be on the lookout for that. That's going to be hitting sometime in um midpoint May. So, yeah. I'm excited. I haven't seen Ever After, and I'm I'm looking forward to covering it. So, and that, of course, yes, that will be clean version, too. So check that out. Alrighty, if you want to email the podcast, you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet and you'd like to, you can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the All My Land to Holy Chalupa's Full House Fuller House Podcast. Just type in Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast. The podcast All My Land to Holy Chalupa's will pop up. Click on it. Scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. Have fun. Use emojis. Tell me your favorite episode. Tell me your least favorite episode or your least favorite character or your favorite character. Or even if you want to try to trump me with some episode titles and emojis, you could do that too. All right, guys. Like I said, have a great weekend. Bye-bye.